Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Lakers Explained. I am your host, Harrison Fagan. I am not joined today by Christian Rivas, my normal co-host, because, you know, like, we got tired of the level of knowledge that this show was at and the level of, like, analysis, so we wanted to drop it down a couple pegs, and uh, we brought on Anthony Irwin. So, Anthony, how's it going? Man, I've always wanted to be on Lakers Mansplained. I'm really happy that I finally (laughs) get to do this. No, I'm uh, I'm happy that we could have you on. And there's no one better to mansplain at this point uh, than you. You just had your first Father's Day yesterday. How was that? It was weird. It was really weird. I, I got woken up by Avery farting in my face. Um, and it just got better from there. It was, <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like it would be hard worse. to get worse at that point. <laughs> yeah, he, she, um, yeah, she 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 went over to her her cousin's house and they you know played around. They had a little kitty pool out there, so they were playing around in the pool. And uh, I was allowed to have a few white claws. So and it worked out really well because uh, it was nice of Devonte Kaycock to hop on the show in my stead because otherwise it would have been a very different show. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if Jazz had done that same interview with you, that would have been very strange. So I'm glad that it was Devontae that stepped in and answered those questions about his journey to the NBA and all that stuff, because that would have just been a weird show for you to do. But yeah, he, he was great. That show was awesome. I listened to it this morning. Um, it was like a really fun interview. So if you haven't listened to that on this feed, then go ahead and do that. Anthony and I will, at some point on this show, we could promise you two things. Number one, we will talk about the Lakers. And number two, we will also be doing a crossover show where I will be going on Locked on Lakers and we'll continue this conversation by talking about like some Lakers roster rules and stuff like that. So if that appeals to you, go ahead and jump over there after this is done. But please listen to this entire show first, or at least like fast forward through that affects our metrics and we appreciate it. (laughs) Um, Today on Lakers Explained, we are going to be taking a little bit of a dive into the latest I guess, like, I feel weird. I'm not going to say the hottest rumors around the team because I feel like qualifying any coaching rumors as, like, hot rumors is kind of lame anyway, like, under any circumstances, especially when it's going to be the coach of the Knicks. And, like, the only way that job is hot is if you're talking about, like, the literal flames coming from the dumpster that is that job. Um, But, like, Jason Kidd is being heavily linked to the New York Knicks head coaching job. They were, like, earlier this morning, uh, as of when we're recording this on Monday, the Knicks were heavily interested in interviewing him. And then within a couple hours, they had apparently gotten that permission to go ahead and interview (laughs) Jason Kidd from the Lakers. So, Anthony and I, I thought I could think of no one better to dive into this with than Anthony, uh, who probably hates Jason Kidd more than anyone uh, in the Lakers blogosphere. Um, And like, you know, I just wanted to see what you thought about this and if you think it's going to impact the Lakers or any of that. So we can go ahead and jump into all of that. So, I mean, what was your first reaction upon hearing the rumor? Because I know you don't like Kidd. You were a critical, you were a critic of his hiring, but like, you know, he is technically a part of this coaching staff and like the Lakers have been pretty good this year. Like has number one, has your opinion of like his value, not of him as a person, but of his value cha- to this team changed it all over the course of the year. And number two, um, like, just, I guess, what was your overall first reaction when you heard this stuff? I'm going to do those in reverse order. All, all right, right so, go ahead. So my first reaction was if if I can just put myself back in that in that original mind frame it was something along the lines of like <laughs> oh God bless you Nicks 
it is it is the most Nick's choice possible. Like it was kind of funny to watch them like go through this thing where they were kind of interviewing young assistants around the league and there were all these leaks about like guys that you hadn't heard of getting coaching interviews with the Knicks and you're like, whoa, I wonder like, if they're holy like, crap, they might be creative. What? Yeah, holy they might holy. try and build something from the ground up. And then they're like, sure enough, they're like, all right, Jason Kidd, Tom Thibodeau, uh, Mike Brown. And then, you know, I feel Mark like Jackson. it's a matter of hours before they're connected to Mark Jackson if they haven't been already. Yeah, I mean, it's just – and then it was also – so you can kind of tell with the Knicks exactly when James Dolan starts to give his input, right? <laughs> like this is all you, – you, like when you follow the Knicks or when you, when you cover the NBA – uh, I'm I, man. I almost went so far as to say, like, when you've covered the NBA for as long as we have, I'm not going to go there. But, but when you have been, you know, immersed in NBA stuff and you know how the Knicks operate, you can just kind of chart out how the news cycle is going to go for anything Knicks related. They'll float out that they're thinking about doing the right thing, and it'll, you know, it'll impress some people for you know a week, uh, maybe a couple months, or whatever. And then from there, James Dolan will get involved and it'll jump straight from the smart thing to do to here's this giant shortcut, this get rich quick scheme that the uh, child of nepotism is, is going to jump to. And so like the Knicks were like, all right, we're going we're gonna to hire some young coach to grow alongside our young core. And we are all, we, you know, we're going to chart this course that might have us competitive, not just, you know, whenever we do become competitive, but sustainably competitive for, for the foreseeable future. And then James Dolan was like, wait, isn't, isn't there a good free agent coming soon? Oh, and he, isn't there, isn't his former coach, isn't he unemployed? He's not a head coach anywhere else. Let's go there. Let's go do that thing. And, and the strategy that, that they have been trying to implement of let's go get the coach that once stood next to the superstar free agent in hopes that that superstar free agent will come to New York. That, that, that strategy, which is just going to get confused and think that he's walking back into his normal old job just because Jason Kidd's there. Like, yeah, right. Right. It's like, like in the history of the NBA, find me the example of a superstar who saw their former coach get hired and then completely chart out a path to one day play for that coach again. Oh, I have Find one. That excuse. I have one. You ready? Who? It's Gordon mm -hmm. Hayward and the Celtics. Oh, there you go. Cause that, that worked out really worked well. Out really That's well. a plan. Everybody wants to emulate. <laughs> That's like literally the one time I can think of that working. Isn't, isn't Gordon Hayward like the source of some rumors of his teammates being annoyed by his white privilege. That's working out really well out there in Boston. Right. It's like, like even so Michael Jordan retired in 1998 Phil Jackson who is somebody that Jordan says he he's the only coach he would ever play for Phil Jackson comes back to the NBA and even that wasn't enough for for Jordan to consider the Lakers right Jordan stayed retired he stayed in Washington or something like that and, yeah and, and so like, I think critically the Lakers did not make that decision seemingly thinking that Jordan yeah. would come out of retirement to play for them <laughs> so it's just like I don't know, whatever with Jason Kidd, like we've, we've gone over his background and why it was problematic for the Lakers to hire him in the first place um, and not just hire him, but 
they they skipped or, or they, they they kind of flaked out on Teron Lou simply because he didn't want Jason Kidd on his coaching staff for one of the reasons was that he wasn't going to be on on Jason Kidd wasn't wasn't going to be on Teron Lou's coaching staff. So they wind up hiring Vogel, which to his credit and to their credit has worked out pretty well. Seems everybody seems to really like Vogel um, and, and, and all of that. But you know, here, here we are with the Knicks thinking that hiring Kidd is going to give them some inside track on Giannis when, you know, you have to look at every other aspect of that organization. It doesn't even take you very long to realize that this isn't going to work out. And, and here we are. Yeah, and like uh, also just really quickly, uh, because I don't want to be one of those people, like one of those podcasts. I think especially now it's important to be specific when we're talking about this stuff. Like I, I don't want to just say, and not that you were doing this, I don't want to just say like criminal stuff. Like like specifically what he like has done. He was he pled mm-hmm. guilty to spousal abuse uh, in yep. 2001. In 2007, he had a lawsuit filed against him for further spousal abuse, uh, and then in 2012, he pled guilty to driving while intoxicated as a member of the Knicks. <laughs> so I, I also, like the, the, the key thing to point out here is that those are all guilty plea. Well, yeah. except for the, except for the, the uh, That's lawsuit. It. He's the not, lawsuit this is, is not one of those things where like, oh, he was never convicted. Like he literally admitted that he did it. Yeah. And I don't believe, I, I, I believe there's been, there's been some public apology, right? Um, and, and he did do some, uh, counseling for uh, at least the abuse, uh, and and also probably the the DUI. That's part of every DUI, you know, kind of step back into society, is is you have to go through some kind of counseling here uh, as to why you can't. He, he at the very least I know took anger management training. Like that, there yeah. is reports of that. Yeah. So I'm not you know, finding anything where he said he apologized or in it, but you know who knows that like that we'd have to go back and like really look through things from the time. But, but, you know, what, what it all comes down to, and, and I, also, I also think that, you know, here in this case with Kidd, uh, since he's shown up to the Lakers, he's apparently been a very good employee, and he has, uh, you know, people within the, the, the organization have spoken about what he has brought to the table there. He has said all the right things about not wanting to perform a coup on Frank Vogel to take over as head coach there. He, so he and think, Vogel have even joked about the coup rumors. Like that, yeah. that's like, I mean, also like, honestly, that's a baller move from Vogel to just be like, ha, that's funny that like people are saying you could take my job. Yeah. He's like, they went from, they went from being nervous about him performing a coup to him and Vogel saying that we're coup. Oh, you get God. It? I do not miss hosting a daily podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, all that stuff aside, his his personal and and actual legal background should be enough to deter everybody. And then on top of that, like he's not a very good coach. Yeah, he's like he's the only coach in the history of basketball to have slowed down Giannis. And and uh, here again, you know, he's getting this opportunity because he was a point guard, and people seem to think that like point guards make these great coaches all the time. They don't. Also, um, it's weird that like everybody keeps inferring that this is like a Giannis alert, even for the Lakers, to be honest, because like, I, like, unless this is like informed speculation that's based on something about like, like that Giannis has said either publicly or privately that I'm not aware of, like kid literally 
like basically like outed Yana. He like he was ba- he basically said like yeah, Giannis was really upset that I was fired. Like he basically called me crying. Right. Like like all this stuff. And Giannis yeah. was like yeah, like I really wish that he wouldn't have shared that. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because it gets spun as this this Giannis move, right? But the 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 spinning is being done from like the wrong direction. It's it, it's it's instead of it being Giannis and people in Giannis's camp saying yeah. I really want to play for Jason Kidd again one day. It's Jason Kidd saying Giannis really wants to play for me again one day. Right. And, and, and again, like we're, we're, we're speculating on sourcing and stuff like that. So that's kind of a, a don't do that anyway, but, but still like all of these spec, all of the speculation about the Giannis and Kidd connection tends to go in the wrong direction where we think that he is just desperate to play for Jason Kidd again, but seem to ignore how happy he seems to be playing for Mike Budenholzer who devised a system that has made Giannis the most terrifying presence in the NBA yeah but you forget like Jason Kidd developed him and by that I mean like stretched his arms out to be the length that they are gave him incredible basketball talent you know developed Played him. him out of position and yeah and and all that good stuff it was just it was just everything was great when when Giannis was playing for Kidd All right, so with all that said, I do want to talk about how this might affect the Lakers, but we are going to take a really quick break, and then we are going to talk about that, and we are going to talk about some secret Lakers workouts that were reported that are probably, I mean, I think that at this point we could probably say they're happening uh, from over the Mm -hmm. weekend. So we will take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about all that. All right, so... Like, I, I, you know, all this stuff about Jason Kidd's weaknesses, both as a professional and a person aside, like the Lakers have won the most games in the West this year. Jason Kidd has earned praise from a lot of the players and other coaches for how he communicates in the locker room, how he keeps them together, how he is a respected voice among a lot of these players. And, you know, like, I think that that has to count for something. There's something to be said for continuity. Like, is any part of you concerned, like, just with messing up a good thing, something that's working you know, right now for the Lakers, especially when like, you know, like he has not to anyone's knowledge, like, you know, he, it's like you said, he's done and said all the right things since coming here. You know, there is potential that he has grown as a person. I can't know that. No one can really know that. That's only speculation. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, just in terms of like strictly in basketball terms, like uh, would you be concerned about just messing up something where it seems like the Lakers have built a pretty good rhythm, a pretty good like coaching staff here and where everybody seems to understand their roles and things are working? Well, I doubt, I doubt kid would leave mid-season, right? Yeah, I think that's probably unlikely. Like, I mean, like, who knows? Because of the pandemic makes everything weird. And, you know, like, no, I think there are going to be a lot of norms that are kind of broken. Like, normally, guys would not sit out of the playoffs and things like that. But guys are going to do that for various reasons because they're concerned. So, like, who knows? Like, if he takes another job, does he really want to stay in the bubble for, like, three months? You know, like, I don't know. But, yeah, like, the norm is for guys to stay on for at least the rest of the playoff run, even if they get hired. Yeah, I, I... So from the reason I ask is because, you know, would you be messing up something that's working if he doesn't leave you mid-season, right? Um, so in, in that respect, I'm not, I'm not too worried. And even if he did depart, there, I think there would be some concern there just because you are, you are opening up the, the team to, and the chemistry, the team's chemistry to change by way of, of not having kid in the locker room again. And, you know, from where I'm kind of, from where I'm standing, it has seemed to me like kid has, has been this bridge by way 
you know, LeBron and AD and some of the guys who, you know, probably relate better to Kid. Kid has been that bridge so that they can gain some respect for for Frank Vogel, right? And his teachings and and his approach to coaching. And in that respect, I you could you could probably make the argument that Kid has maybe served his purpose with the Lakers. Yeah, Kid you know, like, has also like you know Quinn Cook said in an interview this year that uh, Kid was one of the reasons he was excited to join the Lakers, which is like so if the Knicks want to get a head start on their recruitment of Quinn Cook, you know, <laughs> Cook, yeah, this is a great move. Um, and like Rajon Rondo has said that like he, like Rajon Rondo, who probably considers himself the smartest person in any single room he's in, has said that he's learned things from Jason Kidd. Um, mm-hmm. and so like, you know, and like the guy, like how to, like, like how to perform a coup on playing time from Alex Caruso. I mean, maybe that's it. Like maybe that was it. So that would actually probably be less helpful to the Lakers <laughs> if that were the case. <laughs> um, but like, you know, I, I don't want to like just sit here and have this be like the, you know, like, Hey, this guy that you like, some of you probably like, like that's contributed to this team that like, you know, I'm like, just like crap on him for an hour. Like, I, I think that he's probably contributed. I do think that the Lakers are uniquely suited to weather his loss because number one, the chemistry stuff you talked about is legit. Like you don't necessarily want to remove an element of that because it's a rare mix, but at the same time, free agency trades, like the off season, all this stuff is going to change that like this year at some point or next year or whatever like that nothing ever stays all completely the same in the NBA so change is inevitable on one hand and then on the other hand like this is a room full of strong personalities anyway that kind of keeps itself together like a locker room with LeBron like unless LeBron checks out is not going to fall apart so like last year he checked out a little bit of that and it fell Mm -hmm. apart but like if when LeBron is engaged I I don't know how much that's even on the coach anymore to like keep that locker room all you know like at that point that's him and I think that he gets a lot of the credit for that And then also Frank Vogel, the way that he does his coaching staff is unique in that he watches a lot of his own game film and stuff like that. So like, that's not like an assistant thing where you can have like variability from year to year, depending on the guy that's doing those duties and making those game plans and whatever. Like he came up through a video room and he's an obsessive with doing stuff like that. So I do think that they're uniquely weathered or uniquely prepared to weather like any losses on the coaching staff. They're also so close to the end game. Like, they are about to embark on this 25-ish game sprint to the finish line. And I'm sorry, I just don't – I don't see how Jason Kidd departing would – like all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, how are we going to do this without Jason Kidd? Uh, you know, <laughs> I just I – don't, I, don't, I don't see that happening. And, and look, I, look, I, I will cut up all my biases here because I was not a fan of kids hiring. No, in the and first hey, place. The, the and stuff I'm, that he—I'm not is, a fan of his like coaching style. The stuff or that any he's of that stuff. guilty to doing is reprehensible, and like yeah. I don't think either of us make any bones about that. And like, yeah, I mean, there's the stuff like it, there's even the off the court stuff that's like not criminal things, but like he gunned, he he was gunning for Luke Walton's job while Luke was still employed. He did commit a coup in Milwaukee mm-hmm. to get his last job. They currently they had a coach that they fired after Jason Kidd went to the owners who he was friends with and got that job after his coup failed and. Brooklyn like you know by all account like he's kind of a shady dude I think that we can say yeah. at this point like well and, and and like I maybe he has grown like maybe all that stuff but maybe maybe even I don't want to say more importantly because he has stuff that he has pled guilty to doing that is just really gross but but just for the sake of this conversation here uh he just I don't know what Jason Kidd adds to the team strategically as a basketball coach now, maybe he has learned from Frank Vogel and is now smarter, but in that case, the Lakers employ Frank Vogel. 
you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really know what the Lakers would be losing out on. And, and like maybe, maybe kid by way of, you know, having to learn as an assistant coach. Cause when he, when he retired, he was basically offered up his choice of, of head coaching jobs. Right. So maybe now by being humbled by his time in the NBA in the first place, and then with this process of kind of learning how to exist as n- not being an all-time great at, at what you're doing, right? Because we know right now he, he's an all-time great player. He's an all-time bad coach. So I, I don't know if all-time bad is fair. His team, his records are a little below 500, I think, all-time. Like, he's not all-time bad. He's not well, good, but he's not all-time bad. Well, I mean, like relative to the to the opportunity that he was given, right? Like uh, that's had, that's probably fair, but I, I don't know. I still don't know that I'd say all time bad. Well, all right. So he is not all time great coach. Yeah, no, right? not at all. So, so as as he learns to exist as no longer being all time great at what he's being asked to do, maybe he'll carry that into whatever his next gig is. But for the for for what we're talking about right now. I just don't know what the Lakers are going to miss if they, if he is no longer in that locker room. I think to this point, the Lakers are so close to the end game and they can sniff a championship. So, so strong. Like the, the smell of that and the pull of that championship is so strong that I don't see how the departure of Jason Kidd is going to detour them from any track that they're going to be on. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm mostly talking about moving forward, but I, I like for what it's worth, I agree with you. Like, I, I think that it's just a discussion we have to have. And I think that like to further your point on if he's learned all this stuff from Vogel and become a good coach, like, you know, who Vogel can teach that stuff to next, like the next coach that they hired yeah. to replace kid, you know, right. and like rehabilitate their image too, uh, from probably mm-hmm. much worse, th- much, le- much less bad things. Um, mm-hmm. So like I think I'm not. I do not want to imply that the Lakers are going to take on someone with much worse uh, past issues. Uh, we don't know that. Um, I don't know. They had lands. Yeah. Well, there's that. Um, you know. Speaking of awkward segues, though, I, I did want to talk about uh, like the Lakers. These reports from uh, Bill Simmons and JJ Redick, and then like they were kind of furthering like something that Shams had said. We're like, I think at this point, enough people are talking about it that it's pretty clear the Lakers are breaking quarantine to go have secret workouts. And uh, number yeah. one, I think that's like as much as I'm like everybody should be being responsible right now and all that stuff. Like I do think that it's kind of hilarious that LeBron was just like, yeah, those rules, like those are suggestions. They're more guidelines, right? To to sound like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I look. LeBron's like, yeah, I know do coronavirus we, we, is right, bad, but I question. really want to win another championship. Honest question, Harrison. How many NBA players do you think actually abided the 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 COVID guidelines and the so, social distancing guidelines? Seven. Like from start to finish. <laughs> like from start to finish. Seven all of eight. these guys just like just follow those rules to a T. Yeah, like it's, it's like Mitch Kupchak and nobody else. <laughs> you could probably count them on two hands. <laughs> it's Mitch Kupchak and nobody else. Yeah, He's Mitch Kupchak has not has literally not left his like the room that he was in when the NBA shut down. He's just been in the like Hornets facility, just like in his office the entire time. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, I gotta I gotta follow the rules as uh, Adam Silver laid out. I already sound like I might have it. So, oh God! Don't, I, I, I hope I, Mitch Kupchak is staying safe in all seriousness. Whether I, it's in he his probably office is or not. though. Like yeah. we joke because you know he's the guy who just yeah. refused to break any tampering it's the laws. The big boy so, scout. 
Yeah. So I, I, I really think though, so it's kind of funny though. Like the reason I'm asking that question. I think JJ Reddick probably abided quarantine because anybody that didn't is not going to call out LeBron and the Lakers for not doing so. Like if they, like if he was going out and doing that, like I think JJ Reddick's probably like stuck to the rules. I would imagine. Also, he just seems like the kind of guy that would stick to the rules. Maybe. Yeah. Like if, 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 if the uh, Pelicans arranged a special workout, you're telling me JJ Reddick is going to be like, no, how dare you? We have a chance to squeeze I don't squeeze know if JJ Reddick's invited. Here. Like, he's a lot older than all those guys. Like, they <laughs> might just, like, they might want to have their own, like, they're like, oh, we don't need, like, He's been trying around. to figure out Zoom all this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, if JJ just, comes, like, he's going to be telling us about why this all relates to life. Like, we just want to play basketball. Like, it just, he's going to be just telling us like, to listen to his podcast and, like, come on it. Like, <laughs> it just seems like such kind of wiener behavior to like, oh, look at the Lakers. They were working out behind Cone. Yeah, like, I mean, which, oh, like, on, guys. you know, I'm not surprised in that case that Bill, Bill Simmons, Simmons the Celtics fan, yeah. like, oh, yeah, sure. That that holds a ton of water here. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I'd buy it because he's plugged in in LA circles. Like, he runs in those same circles as the, like, the guy who whose house they would be doing at. Whose yeah, name he has I'm black friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, again, I, I just, there's if, been if enough smoke the, from enough different people that I believe this is happening. I I I also believe that it's happening. Yeah. I also don't believe that the Lakers are the only team here doing this. You're telling so you me don't that the think, other teams. I don't think that teams probably organized it to this degree, like without a guy like LeBron to do so. I don't know, man. There's Chris a lot Paul of teams that are going to be like competing for a championship here. City. Chris Paul probably found be, secret tunnels through Oklahoma City to get all of his teammates to meet up. Besides those two. Did you see? Did you see the the pictures of James Harden? Like he finally looks in shape. Yeah, but he's been that. That's documented. He's been doing his own solitary workouts, like running mountains or something. Like I think no, there were teammates with him. There's there's a picture of him doing with teammates. Oh, I didn't know that. But okay, well then maybe yeah. every NBA team's doing that. For James Harden specifically, I think it's just strip strip clubs shut down. So like he yeah. got into shape. Like. <laughs> wait they he's like wait they can they can retire my actual jersey that's the point of all this not just the one that's in the strip club like Uh, i'm just saying i don't think it's a coincidence that all those businesses shut down and james harden looks like he's in the best shape of his life like (laughs) they i just think here with with the lakers like yeah it doesn't shock me at all that the lakers went out and tried to 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 get a couple workouts in because they like it goes back to what we're talking about with kid they are so close to potentially winning a championship. And LeBron is so close to this huge goal of his, right? And uh, you're telling me that some, some rules that were set out there that I, I, I would imagine very few celebrities actually followed to a T and very few NBA players actually followed to a T. You're telling me that that's going to stop him from being prepared if and when the NBA season resumes? Like, I just don't, I don't see that happen. Yeah, I don't, and, I, like, I, I think that, I do think that it will, because they've done it as a team, like, and it seems like it's been fairly organized based on what we've heard. Like, I do think that it may allow them to continue some of that on-court chemistry that we weren't sure if, like, would continue or if it would be disrupted or if these guys would be, like, they aren't going to be in NBA shape, obviously, but, like, they may yeah. have a little bit of an edge in terms of being able to ease their way back versus, like, having to go from zero to 100, especially as an old team. Like, you know, again, I'm not encouraging anyone to break coronavirus like guidelines but like this may end up helping them 
do you think the Clippers tried to arrange a, a workout like this, but everybody hates each other on that team, so they said, no, we don't want to do it? Anthony, I can tell you there's zero chance that Kawhi Leonard has texted all of, like, his teammates to, like, get together and work out. Like, how many, how many numbers from his team, uh, from his teams over the years do you think he actually store, has stored in his phone? Uh, he probably has, like, like, eight, but, like, they're probably not under the guy's, like, actual names. It's probably just, like, what he calls them. Or, or like they'll they'll call and he'll say, "Oh, who who new phone?" Like Danny this, Green right? is that one Spurs guy, that one guy that follows me. Um, and then <laughs> podcast guy. Yeah, Paul George is like a is like guy I almost got drafted with. <laughs> no, Paul George is like like new new second best player. Yeah, latest like second best player. New Kyle Lowry. Yeah, <laughs> he's in there. Skinny <laughs> right. Kyle Lowry. New Tim Duncan, yeah. new Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Man, Tim with Duncan hair. is like old Tim Duncan. <laughs> yeah, Paul George. Is, yeah, Paul George I, is Manu with hair. I, Doc like, Rivers I is the, new pop. I bet the Bucks could probably get together for one of these practices, and, like actually advertise that they did it, and ESPN wouldn't even cover it. It's probably true. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the jump would be like, does this mean that Giannis is gonna go to Golden State? How did you get there? He's trying to get himself suspended from the playoffs and then he'll be yeah. able to have an excuse to so leave. So he just goes straight to Golden State. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think the Lakers were, were were doing this and I don't think they're anywhere near alone. That's why like when, when the reports came out and it was like Bill Simmons says the Lakers have been working out. I'm like, okay, cool. What does Bill Simmons know about the Celtics working out? You know, I would imagine that's probably not something he's willing to reveal on the air. Yeah, him and Chris Mannix are probably sitting on some information. So. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up before Anthony gets us in trouble. Um, <laughs> as always, you can find this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. And, you know, just as a quick reminder, we are going to be going on. I'm not even going to ask Anthony if he has anything to plug because we are. I'm doing it right now. We are going on Locked on Lakers next to continue this conversation. And we are going to talk about, like, the roster rules and how the Lakers might be able to, like, weather any guys sitting out and stuff like that so we will be uh you know hopefully that's next up in your podcast feed but give us a five-star rating if you can that helps us out and as always we appreciate you listening alex and alex i believe will be back tomorrow if you haven't done so yet check out a jazz podcast with Devonte kaycock and uh we will talk to you all later